October 15th, 1966, the Black Panther Party is created by Huey P. Newton and Bobby Seale. J. Edgar Hoover is hospitalized for an erection lasting more than four hours. Welcome to the Revisionist, Bleh, Children of the Night. I'm Brian Flynn. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, I'm uh, Shaq, a scary Shaq. Powers. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't do anything. I guess I gave my own name, which is scary, because being known is very intimate, which is frightening. Um, and <laughs> our, Okay, all right. <laughs> our, uh, joining us once again is um, Jen with two N's. Killick. Jen Colick, everyone. <laughs> Jen Colick. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Look, it's <laughs> Halloween. The, the, the season of just forced puns mm-hmm. and more forced candy into my mouth. I uh, feel like that's every day for, for me. Forced in what in mm-hmm. in the sense that someone else is in is for is putting the candy into your mouth. Mm-hmm. The or three musketeers like, are all like. Hey. Are you characterizing your lack of willpower as a, as f- being forced? Yeah, that makes it feel better, for sure. <laughs> like, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. oh, outside circumstances. Ooh. You're a chocoholic, is what you're... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a chocoholic, and what do they call it? A cocaholic. There we go. Is that... A co- Coca-Cola. So, okay, because that sounds like cocaine, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I say, which is not what I'm they a, call that. I'm, ad- I'm addicted to coke. Most people would assume, you know, mm-hmm. that you're talking about the powder. Right, right. No, no, no. The one, the one that's actually addictive. Just that sweet, sweet brown liquid that doesn't actually taste that all that awesome once you hit like your thirties. Um, that's the cutoff. The cutoff. That's how you know for- you're grown up. Yeah. 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 I mean, there was a point where I just had not had a sip of Coke for like five years and then had another one. And I was just like, oh, okay. I've. It was like the gap between like smoking a clove in high school and then smoking a clove when I was like 23 and realizing that it was the most horrible thing I've put in my mouth in a very long time. Um, but listeners... Yeah. This podcast is not about our personal vices. Uh, not it's entirely. Not. <laughs> um, sometimes it's about the vices of people who have died long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is The Revisionists. It's a, a comedy history podcast, at least in concept. And uh, basically, the premise is, each episode, we talk about a person and or event from history. Uh, one, uh, one of the trio, uh, Brian, myself, and a guest give an actual account of that person or event, or at least, uh, what the history books have, uh, have jotted down in their, their flawed little margins. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and one of us gives, uh, an alternate history that could be spawned from anywhere, uh, it could be from uh, based on Lord of the Rings, as it has been a number of times. It could be based on uh, Home Alone, as it has been a number of times. It could be based on. It could be spawned from Spawn. Uh, 
Um, or it could be an original concept altogether. It doesn't matter. It's whatever the person wants. Um, We've not done Spawn, which actually I think is fair because I I don't know that it's a very good archetype to apply to a lot of other things. Well, well, we won't know until we've tried, I guess. Um, <laughs> regardless, uh, I mean, John Leguizamo plays a demon clown. So, you know, there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've also not done Joe's Apartment, speaking of John Leguizamo. Sure, yeah. Isn't that the um, one with all the roaches? Yes, that is you're, That is correct. Great. Um, <laughs> so creep, that creep show segment also maybe would be a good, uh, good, good jumping off point. Um, regardless, uh, at the end, we vote on what becomes the true history of uh, the brilliant blue spinning iridescent uh, marble we call the Earth going forward. Um, we are in spooky season, as you no doubt are aware from our spooky opening soundtrack and our spooky puns and how terrified you are uh, at the, <laughs> at the cons- <laughs> uh, at the concept of having to listen to the remainder of this podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we last time did Burke and Hare. We're recording this very quickly afterwards. It's a less than one we turn around. So we don't have the results for this uh, mm-hmm. adventure of Burke and Hare, where in one version they were Burke and Hare, murderers and uh, corpse sellers. And in another one, they were an Edinburgh Fringe Festival failed stand-up comedy act uh, <laughs> that kind of did an Andy Kaufman performance artist thing. Um but we'll get back to you next time with the results of that one. For this time, we're talking about old Carl Tanzler. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a jovial fella. <laughs> uh, known about town for his antics and frolics. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll get more into depth on that. And I forgot to ask before the show, actually, who's doing the actual who's doing the alternate I'm doing uh, the actual. <laughs> okay, so Brian is doing the actual this time. Uh, yes. So, yeah, uh, I guess without further ado, we might as well jump into the soothing story of Carl Tanzler. <laughs> yep. Um, I did not put together until you were just talking about Burke and Hare um, that we sort of have a theme uh, for these two, and it's fucked up. Um, this is normally like... I was looking forward to, I look forward to Halloween episodes because, like, they get to be a little more fun, typically, than some of the other history we talk about. Um, I mean, they're often, they've often been about, we did H.H. Holmes, he killed that's true. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, this one is the maybe grossest episode in our history. Yeah, um, yeah I would, yeah. Um, so, just... I'll give a content warning when we're about to get into that, um, just so you know. Um, but there's content warning for body snatching and necrophilia. The alien um, kind of body snatching? No, no, not the the bad kind. Mm, yeah. Okay, not the there's, kind where there's we're no Donald Sutherland by, in this. We're replaced by a species of alien who theoretically run the planet better. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like... I'm going to go ahead and say almost certainly run the planet better. Okay. Um, I'd be down to at least try it. I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, look, it's it's the great American experiment. Um, my sources for this episode were, um, among others, allthatsinteresting.com, uh, which had some unhinged stuff, uh, UK Museum Facts, which was more hinged, and Wikipedia, which was the most hinged um, of all three. So, Maria, Maria Elena Milagro... So the middle de- one was like a Dutch door. I guess a Dutch door. Maybe a Dutch door is the most hinged. <laughs> so it probably has like four hinges, right? Yeah, it would have to, right? It definitely yeah. has the most hinges per like linear foot. Yeah. So yeah, that's Wikipedia. That's a Dutch door. And then uh, the first one was a sliding door, and then mm-hmm. the second one was a regular door. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is also an interior design podcast. Um, so Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos was born the daughter of a stay-at-home mom and a cigar maker in Key West, Florida in 1909. Um, her parents were Cuban-American. I'm not sure which generation they were, um, but she also had two sisters, Florinda and Celia. Um, I hope they weren't Gen Z. Ugh. Those Gen Zers. <laughs> Always uh, tick-tocking and mm-hmm. uh, whatever, whatever the news made up about them doing this week. <laughs> Basically a lot of the same shit that they made up about millennials yeah, when we were that uh, age. Giving yeah. people drugs in their Halloween candy. Yeah. Drinking, drinking Clorox or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, Pepto Bismol challenge or whatever. Yeah, the, the the Nyquil chicken, which I'm sure no more than like three people ever did. Yeah, generously. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, in 1926, Elena, who is also sometimes went by the name the Americanized name Helen, um, marries a man named Luis Mesa. Uh, shortly after she becomes pregnant, but then suffers a miscarriage, um, after which Mesa abandons her, though they remain legally married the rest of Elena's life. Um, at some point between 1926 and 1930, Elena is diagnosed with tuberculosis, which was like the hot disease of the late 19th and early 20th century. Um, sure. Sorry, smallpox. Um, polio, get out of here. Um, yeah, but they had, they both had a good run. <laughs> yes. Scarlet fever? Is that just tuberculosis? I don't know. Scarlet, Scarlet? fever is like a second thing. Yeah. I, I think scarlet fever is its own thing. Okay. Yeah, like it, if you can develop scarlet fever if you have like another disease. Consumption? Um, One of them is also called consumption or something anyway, like that. Anyway, um, Consumption and tuberculosis were... The same thing. Same thing, apparently. Oh, okay, good. Which was also vampirism, according to morons. Um, Look for morons to return in our story. Um, So, seeking treatment, uh, Elena's mother brought her eventually to the U.S. Marine Hospital in Key West, Florida, um, where... One of her care team was presumably an alligator in a lab coat, but another one was a radiologist named uh, Count Carl von Kosel. Um, and I I don't know why he opted for Count instead of Doctor. Um, 
I'm I not... assume every time this man entered a room and announced his name, lightning struck in the background. Yeah, yeah, definite. If you look up a picture of this guy, spoiler alert, Count Karl von Kosel, not his real name. Um, yeah, he, he definitely looks the, the mad scientist, evil person type, because guess what? Spoiler alert. Um, and he would go around trying to hypnotize people and saying, ah, 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 and counting things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we have a toddler. Um, so I'm also not, not going to try to delve too deeply into this dude's mind, for reasons we'll soon find out. Um, so like I said, Count Karl von Kausel wasn't his real name. He was born as Georg Karl Panzel in Dresden, Germany. Um, and like, he, he has a few different names, uh, which is not uncommon for immigrants of the time. Or psychotic. Or psychotic. Swindler. Swindler. <laughs> Creepos. Creepbutts. Yes. Um, he became, when he became a U.S. citizen, his name was... Or for J.K. Rowling. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how she doesn't fit into the first category. That's, yeah. Immigrants? That's true. Okay. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah. she's not an immigrant. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, she's foreign to us. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> um, sorry, that was... Ugh. Um... He, his name was listed as Carl Tanzler von Kosel on his citizenship papers and on his death certificate. It's simply Carl Tanzler. Uh, side note, including the name Vaughn, uh, in his fake name means that, like, and I've learned this from Behind the Bastards, um, that. He likes Gus von Sant's psycho. Yeah, loved Gus, Gus von Sant. <laughs> well, I was thinking of Vince Vaughn being. <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. which is also a completely different spelling. It's not. <laughs> I would love it if it was Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Vince V O N. Um, just leave him guessing. Um, but Vaughn is like a German aristocratic thing. Uh, so if you include that in your fake name, you're pretending to be an aristocracy. Yeah, I Isn't assumed it meant like also. Yeah, count is count, also count is a title. I thought Vaughn meant like of or like it was something that meant like yes. somebody who is of a certain place. Yeah, I which I think is correct. Um, but again, it's like it's applied only, or it was applied at the time only to like nobility. Mm -hmm. Um. So, Tanzler moved at some point uh, before World War One to Australia, where he planned to buy a boat and, quote, go live in the South Seas. This is according to an about the author from a piece he published in a magazine in 1939. And when, listeners, when you find out what he was doing in 1939, you might doubt his trustworthiness. But um, I mean, deciding wanting to buy a boat and live in the sea is a very L. Ron Hubbard. It's move. there's a couple L. Ron Hubbard elements in here. That um, does not surprise. Well, I mean, wanting to create his own version of reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, while he's in Australia, World War One breaks out, and the British Empire moves him and others um, of like German and other nationalities uh living in their territory into concentration camps um 
And then at the end of the war, he's shipped to the Netherlands because they weren't sending people back to, like, the nations they came from that the British had a problem with. Um, but he goes back to Germany anyway. It's weird. Um, and he tracks down his mom and they spend a few years together before she suggests he move to the United States, either for a better life or to get him the hell away from her. Uh, who knows? Um, I have a guess. Yeah, could be both. Um, so in 1926, he settles in a town called Zephyr Hills, Florida. Uh, Zephyr Hills is one word, so it looks super fucked up. Um, it looks like Zephyr. German looks, syphilis or something. Yeah, it looks very much Ooh. like a disease you get from doing stuff with your genitals. Um, <laughs> and so he's joined in Zephyr Hills soon after by his wife and two daughters and in 1927, so the next year, he leaves them behind and moves to Key West to take a job as a radiologist at the Marine Hospital. Um, Again, still married to them, and I couldn't find anything to say, like, whether this was a, like, divorce type, or, like, divorce without legal proceedings type separation um although like his wife ends up taking care of him like to his death so it may have been one of the things that like my great-grandfather did when he just like had to go live in another town for a while and work to earn money so who knows um so multiple fucking sources i read phrased what happened next um in the same absolutely incorrect and totally out of fucking pocket way um which is that as soon as carl tanzler saw his patient elena he fell in love with her um which i don't necessarily believe in love at first sight but i hella don't believe that love involves most of what's about to fucking happen. Any of it. Any Literally of it. any of it. Any of it. I see, I see. So this is what You've Got Mail is based on. Yes, this is... This is it. He's going to drive her little business out of business with his mm-hmm. big radiology empire. I get it. Yep. They... <laughs> He's going to drive her mom-and-pop radiology shop out of business. Oh, man, mom-and-pop radiology yeah. shop is kind of catchy. <laughs> I don't think, like, with viral marketing like that, that they would really be in danger. Um, the radiology shop around the corner, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, so, at some point, and I could never find when this was, because he writes... Before and after the incident that we're going to get into in a few minutes, he has written sort of like autobiographical accounts of his life. And I could never, I could not trace this claim to one that either predated what he's about to do or one that came after as an attempt to sort of justify it. Basically, like at some point he does lose his absolute gourd. Um, and so... Like, it could have been that he thought this all his life, or it could have been that he just came up with it after he did a bad thing to justify it. But um, at some point, Tansler claimed that as a child, 
he received visions of Countess Anna Constantina von Kosel, um, a dead aristocrat who was maybe an ancestor of his, uh, who was actually kind of interesting in her own right. She was the royal mistress to King Augustus the Strong of Poland, uh, who was strong. Uh, and a lot of the Catholics didn't like her uh, because they felt she was interfering too much in politics. Yeah, but um, I feel like if a bunch of Catholics don't like you, you're probably doing something right. Yeah, that's true. Or you're a condom. Um, <laughs> in which case, you're doing something right. Yeah, that's true, actually. Uh, the revisionists endorse condoms. Um, not just for squares anymore. Um, so, um, also... She did not have any reported, like, any reported habit of appearing in people's visions. So, um, anyway, Tansler claimed that in his visions, uh, his ancestor revealed the face of his destined true love, uh, which he described as a dark-haired foreign woman, which, Mm. coincidence, happened to describe Elena. Um, Let's get, like... First, second, second incorrect thing. He's the fucking foreigner. Yes, that is. She's not the foreigner. She's American. He's the fucking foreigner. Yeah, I mean, look. (laughs) Anyway, fuck you, Carl. Totally. I totally agree. That is about to become I know. so it's unimportant. Such a, it's such a non-issue compared to everything else this motherfucker does. Like, it just doesn't... I just hate him so much. So by this time, um, Elena's tuberculosis had progressed to the point where it was pretty severe. Um, and Tansler volunteered to use his medical knowledge to help treat her. Um medical knowledge that seems to be entirely self-taught. Like, he brought uh, various, like, homemade elixirs and tonics. Side note, did you know there's a difference between an elixir and a tonic? I bet they both contained his fucking jizz or some disgusting thing. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) probably. Um, But he brought those to the Hoyos home, and he even brought, like, large x-ray and, like, electrical equipment to the house. Um, along with, like, jewelry and clothes that for Elena. And he kept um, professing his love for her. Um, there's no evidence that Elena ever reciprocated, because why would she? Um, at, at this point, also, how old is Carl Tanzler? That is a very good question. Um, Wasn't he like 30 years older than her? It was something like that. There is a huge age gap. I did not, I forgot to write down when he was actually born, uh, but there is a massive, massive age gap. Um, Because Elena at this time in 1930 would be 20 or 21. Yeah. Um, Like she was, she was definitely, she was definitely like young enough to be his daughter. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, Elena, um, like I said, her illness had already progressed pretty far by the time she encountered Tansler, um, and she died of tuberculosis on October 25th, 1931. Um, Do you think in your... Sorry, I I didn't actually... I I already knew the story, so I didn't really do, um, like, any research whatsoever for this, Um, 
Did you find any evidence in your research that, like, Tansler actually believed he was, like, helping or able to help her? Or does this sound like it was, like, kind of just all a pretext to, like, creep on her? I, I mean, it's so hard to say. And, like, speaking to someone's intent from, like, this far away, like... I, I'm sort of of the mindset that he probably, given some of the stuff he attempts to do later on, I think he has a totally out of bounds belief and totally fucked up understanding of science and medicine. So it's entirely possible that he thought he could do, he could cure her. True. Okay. Um, but also this guy is. I don't want to use the C word as a pejorative, so he is not in his right mind. Um. So, anyway. I mean, there's, like, there's definitely something wrong with him. Like, yes. it's not, you can't, like, you can't, especially, like, not a psychologist. He's been dead for a long time. Like, can't diagnose someone like that, but, like, there was very, very, very much something very deeply wrong with him. I feel like in the, like, psychologist textbooks where they say, like, it's irresponsible to diagnose someone through time and sort of across, like, such vast distances, there's a big asterisk and it says, except Carl Tanzler, that dude was fucked up. Yeah. Um. So not only did Tanzler pay for Elena's whole funeral, uh, he hired a mortician to prepare her body. And he even got the family to give him permission to construct an elaborate mausoleum for her in Key West Cemetery. Um, There's not a lot of great info about her, about like how her family felt about Tansler at this time. Um, Also, they were dealing with like the loss of Elena. So like, even if they had misgivings, they were not necessarily dealing with things in like, the right frame of mind. Um, even if they had a good relationship, that would sour. Um, so what the Hoyos family did not know was that there would be only one key to this mausoleum, and that key would belong to Carl Tanzler. So for the next two years, um, Tanzler visited Elena's mausoleum every night, um, basically up until the point where he lost his job because he was, quote, exhibiting erratic behavior, which is, yeah, dog, like, that's a, mm, that's a big ol' understatement there, buddy. Um, he later said he would spend the night sitting by her tomb and, like, he would sing her um, her favorite song in Spanish and that her spirit would come visit him. Um, and this is where I'm about to put in the content warning, uh, because if you think this is, like, weirdo shit so far, uh, we're about to get into... Then you haven't read Withering Heights. (laughs) 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 This episode brought to you by Emily Bronte, everyone. Um, so, yeah, again, content warning for... Uh, the things I described earlier, grave robbing and necrophilia. Um, Tansler says that Elena's ghost would repeatedly tell him to remove her body from her grave. 
and in April of 1933, he did. He brought a toy red wagon to the cemetery that night and took her body from the mausoleum to his house, which is such a fucked up detail um, that it's horrifying. A two a two year decomposed body. Yes. In a child's wagon. Yeah. Out in the open. I guess it was the middle of the it night. It was the middle of the night, yeah. Um, but, and I don't know, like, what sort of route he had to take, like, from his house to the cemetery. Um, but, yes, he was... And to be fair, uh, until a certain point in fairly recent history, people are pretty cavalier about people having bodies. <laughs> yeah, that's actually... <laughs> Yep. There's a certain point I think it must have been like what April of what 45 when people were like mm, maybe we shouldn't uh, just let people maybe we should check no, on it this. Was, it was probably after VJ Day. <laughs> yeah, get that off our plate and then be like we didn't have people in in uh, you know in 1945 until 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 the war was over people didn't have time to be worried about Rando people walking around with bodies, you know. Yeah, exactly. There were fascists running around. <laughs> Hitler was still alive in April of 45. You didn't have time to worry about some guy with a with a wagon body. <laughs> um, also, the All That's Interesting article I read said, and this is one of the unhinged parts, quote, um, that this meant this no... That in taking the body, it was no longer requiring him to make his nightly visits to the graveyard. Like, it's a fucking infomercial. <laughs> like, like, I saved time and cut out a whole trip. Yeah, I like this idea, though. Do you, <laughs> That's the do you worst have to visit your loved ones every night and ever think? There has to be a better way. <laughs> <laughs> what if your loved ones... Could be with you. <laughs> with new And actually, the answer to this is cremation. Just yeah. cre- cremate them and put them in your, an urn in your house. <laughs> um, the, um, the timing of the grave robbing could be chalked up in part. Because it was around the time that he lost his job that, like, he did this. Um... It could also be chalked up to some of the work Tansler was doing on his house because he had taken an old airplane fuselage and built a medical laboratory inside of it. Um, uh, cool. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Define medical laboratory also. I like, don't know. Nothing. He just fucking stole some like Bunsen burners from the radiology department and shoved them in an old like airplane and like called it a fucking laboratory yeah uh, i mean i guess all you need is a centrifuge at a certain point i don't know do they have centrifuges at this point uh no they just had a sock you spun around your head um maybe some cardboard tubing oh yeah. that um, was a we'll get that was we'll a get, poor taste we'll that get was a to poor that. taste um so like we said elena had been dead two years at this point and even though the mortician tansler hired um their work meant that her body was better preserved than one might expect at that point. Um, that wasn't enough for Tansler. Uh, some people, am I right? Um, Impossible so, to please. Yeah. 
<laughs> this guy. Um, this is what you get with these unreal body expectations. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, Instagram the, just ruined it. This is what the it. movies are doing to us these days. Yeah. These fucking <laughs> magazines. Um, so, Tansler starts doing a lot of... This is a, And this is a terrible phrase that should not be attached to anything. He starts doing a lot of DIY mortician projects um, to basically dress up Elena's body to... His liking, like he claimed he was trying to reconstruct her um, to like what she looked like when she was alive. And A, unfortunately, any article you see has pictures of what he built using her body. Um, And it's also like he's building it to his preference and his memory, no matter what he says. Um so, again, this is about to get into some upsetting body uh, stuff. Um, so, he ties her bones together with piano wire and fits her eye sockets with glass eyes. Um, this whole process did not happen all at once. Uh, Tansler has Elena's body in his house for the next seven years. Um so during that time, he replaces her decomposing skin with silk cloth soaked in wax and plaster. Um, Elena's mom had given Tansler at some point a lock of her hair, and he has that turned into a wig uh, to replace her hair as it falls out. Um he fills- this is uh, this is a real ship of Theseus for me, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> a what? Uh, Shibathesius. It's a it's a mental. Uh, uh if, all right. Uh, briefly. Oh, is it like you're replacing so many things that at what yeah. point is it no longer the yeah? Yeah, like yeah. there's a ship and they replace one board, and over the course of years, ultimately every part of the ship is replaced. Mm-hmm. Is it the same ship? And at what point did it stop being the ship? Yeah, and I mean. I think the part where she fucking dies. Yeah, I was going to say, like, where she the dies, point where it can the no ship dies. A, if the there's point a point where a boat can no longer give consent. I'd, 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 I'd concede that it's still her her corpse uh, initially. Sure, but, sure. Yeah. And like, I see what you mean. Like, even like for his deranged perspective, like at a certain point, it's so far removed. It's, it's from a mannequin with a lock of hair tied in at yeah. some point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he fills her chest with abdominal cavities. He fills her chest and abdominal cavities with rags? Well, I think you're about to get to it. But the the parts of her that are left are the parts that fucking reek because she's a corpse. Yes. Yeah. Um, listeners, if you didn't know, corpses smell bad. Um, and also should be in the ground. Um, or at the like very least, the sky. I don't know, like wherever you want to be buried, like burned. Yeah, you know, sky burial. Um, <laughs> placed in Henry Kissinger's refrigerator. If you're um, a naturalist, you know. Yeah, baby. Throw it in the woods and let yep. feed some animals. Compost me. 
I, that's, that's fine. That's literally what I want, and I'm saying it on the podcast, which counts as a legally binding will. Um, I, I do want to be composted. I want to turn into a tree. I want to be an ant. Uh, I'm saying that now. Um, I think that would suit you. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got, I got big ant energy, baby. Um, <laughs> tree beard. Um, so he also, like, he keeps Elena's body in his bed. And like Jen said, uh, because of the smell, he has a habit of pouring perfume and disinfectant over her body uh, because it is a body. He has a habit or it is yeah, it, a necessity, it's a habit. Because, it's a necessity it's, because it's fucking rotting meat. Yeah, because like, like A, like I'm sure he he's doing that for his own reasons, but I'm sure part of it is also not being caught necessarily. Um, although the perfume is, um, the perfume is part of what does get him caught eventually. Um, so there is some evidence that surfaced in 1972 that, and this is the most upsetting part, um, that he reconstructs Elena's vagina with a cardboard tube, um, and the fact that, like, there are some people who question, like, whether he actually did this specific thing with a cardboard tube, some people use that to say, well, it's uncertain whether this counts as necrophilia. And I'm here to tell you that we're way past necrophilia. That, like, it doesn't matter if you reconstruct the genitals of a corpse, you're still committing necrophilia. Like, I thought the argument was like, well, he he reconstructed her vag. That doesn't necessarily mean that he. I'm sure there were other people saying that, too, which is is ridiculous. Out of pocket, super out of pocket. Um, Like at a certain point, if you're if you're doing something solely because like it satisfies you sexually or romantically, like. It doesn't matter if you do, like, if you, if there's actual, like, penetration, like, it's necrophilia. Well, and just also, like, you're not gonna, like, why, why else would you do that? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, like, there's not, there's only one reason to do that. Yeah. Um, Tansler also referred to the bed he kept Elena's body in as their marital bed. Um, so, like... Anyone trying to dismiss it as not necrophilia is, like, lost in semantics. Like, this is absolutely. Um, and at some point in this span of seven years, Tanzler begins building, like, a rocket airship in his backyard. Um, why? Uh, because he wanted to shoot Elena's body into the edge of space. Yeah. Uh, he said, he... one of these days, Elena, bam, pow, straight <laughs> to the moon. Yeah, he was he was the fucking inspiration for Ralph Cramden. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, because famously, they cut this from every episode of Honeymooners. He was like, because the radiation will reanimate your body. He literally thought... <laughs> That the radiation in the stratosphere would bring Elena back to life. 
Um, we know he thought this because it's what he said in court. Um, not in court, somewhere along the line. In like, look, he was building a rocket ship. He had a body. Like, I, he's, he says, he said this at some point. When you're um, a car, when all you have is a hammer, you know, what's the phrase? Something everything like, everything looks uh, like a nail. Everything, everything looks, looks like, like a nail. A, when you're a radiologist, everything looks like a, problem that's solved by radiology (laughs) yeah that's well and this was also like when did um when did radium girls happen radium yeah the radium was a little bit that was a little bit earlier right yeah that was during world war one that like uh and this is a story we should tell at some point um that like the radium girls were painting radium onto watches and dials for fighter pilots and um a Many of them got sick because of the methods the company that employed them taught them to use. Um, and, th- like, there was a time, like, in the 19-teens and 20s where people thought radium was, like, health food. And it was, like, in cereal and, like, baby formula. It was literally, like, the pomegranate seed of, like, <laughs> the 19-teens. Yeah, if Gwen There was, Paltrow- like, fucking radium water and stuff that... Like, yeah. was marketed to people as, like, health tonics and stuff. Oh, man. If Gwyneth Paltrow had been alive at that point in time... She would have had people shoving fucking radium up their badges. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and people would have done it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this was at a certain point when people or had started Gen learning... if Z that- were around, they would have been the radium <laughs> challenge. Friggin... <laughs> Friggin' Gen Z. <laughs> yes. Um, so townspeople were spreading rumors about Tansler um, because, hey, he seemed like a just a weird dude in general. But he was also constantly buying a shitload of perfume. Um, like, and, like, like wagon loads? The amount of perfume where people are like, this guy's buying a... A suspicious amount of perfume. I don't know what that quantity is, but apparently there's a limit. Um, also, I mean, for a guy who doesn't live with his wife anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like, this is also pre-Costco. Um, so, there, also take that in consideration. So he's paying full price for it. Yeah, <laughs> so he's also a sucker. Um... Apparently, a local boy also claimed to have seen Tansler dancing with what he thought was a life-size doll uh, through Tansler's front window. Which gives me, like, Home Alone vibes. Yeah. (laughs) In a way that I'm very uncomfortable with. Yeah. (laughs) This was, of course, before the first talk boy. So Mm -hmm. they had to put on a Victrola with a recording of a... Anyway. So... The rumors build and build until 1940. When I mean, I, to be fair, I feel like this body is a is an effective anti burglary. Yeah, yeah. Because like when Harry and and Marv, 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 Marv break in there, like what are they going to do when they see that? They're going to be like, <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> this McAllister kid is just he's he's gone, he's too, gone far too far even yeah. for us. I know we're the wet bandits, but this is too much. I don't know what the fuck that means. 
I didn't intend it to mean anything. Um, so in 1940, Elena's sister went to confront Tansler and she gets in the house, um, and finds what she thinks is an effigy of her sister. Um, and police, uh, police roll up at some point and discover that what Elena's sister thought was an effigy was actually Elena's body. Um, so Tansler was arrested for grave robbing, um, but the charges were dropped against him, uh, in October that year because the statute of limitations had expired. Um, the case had created a media sensation at the time because of course it did. Um, and a lot of people, um, and by people, I mean morons, um, viewed Tansler as like a sympathetic and even romantic figure. Um, well, because he only raped one corpse, like that, yeah. you know, because he he loved it. Yeah, he wasn't just going around willy nilly raping everyone's corpses. Like no. some people, right. like this this one was special. Um, <laughs> it's tale as old as time. Um, no, it's not. Well, I mean, it it kind of is though. It's yeah. the same thing as like yeah. a woman is like, "Hey, this guy attacked me." And like, well. Where is everyone else? You're the only one. It must be, you know, you yeah. must be lying if you're the only one. It's like, nah. Or even no. to the point of like, and this is not as antiquated uh, a rape apology as like it should be, but like, oh, he was just doing it because he likes you. Or can't you see that like something like yeah. that? Um, but uh, Tansler... Um, does ha- leave town after this uh, and moves closer to Zephyr Hills and his fucking family that is still there that he abandoned. Um, and he went on to write um, a, like an an autobiographical like novella, not novella, but like a short autobiographical piece that appeared in the pulp sci-fi magazine Fantastic Adventures, uh, which is where, like, you get a lot of, like, the sympathetic-sounding information about him. I uh, guess my life really did. was a fantastic adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is... I couldn't find anything that specifically said Fantastic Adventures was one of the places where L. Ron Hubbard had uh, his work published. But given, like, the amount that motherfucker wrote sure. and submitted, I'm, oh, and given the era, I'm, I'd be shocked if they had not also published Yeah, I'm L. sure Robert. he was printed all over the place. Yeah. Or, uh, what was his other name? Uh, Winchester Remington Colt. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, three guns. Very manly. Yeah. Not at all suspicious or insecure sounding. <laughs> Uh, which of course his other his other name large penis big penis wide penis. Uh, <laughs> um, somehow at some point, Tansler acquired a death mask of Elena, which 
I, I said somehow when I was writing my notes, he had access to her body for nine years total. Yeah, I, I could take a I could take a guess yeah. where he uh, where he yeah. got that. Um, and he used the death mask to create a life sized effigy of Elena because of course he did. Of course, out of like a metal tube, silk, and wax, and he lived in his house alone with that effigy until 1952 when he died. Um, and his story ends up as fodder for, like, pulp magazines for decades. And some, In highly romanticized form. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of the authors also add details. Um, most notably, an article from 1982 said that workers doing a renovation in his home allegedly found a note confessing to killing Elena with poison, like, when she was, like what the note purported to be like a mercy killing um which the a 1982 is the first time this claim shows up and the only other times like you find citations of that people are citing that 1982 article so there's no real other evidence besides that um but that is out there um, so I, I personally believe that he did not, he was the, I'm, he was definitely the kind of person who I'm sure viewed himself as like trying to save her life up until she dies naturally because I'm heroic and like, I'm not going to kill her. I'm just going to do everything. I've just spent the last half hour describing um i think there's there definitely is like a way like he he could have if he did that like if he actually murdered her also as if everything else wasn't fucking bad enough like that there there are people who like consider the murders they commit to be mercy killings yeah a lot of people who um like murder people in like nursing homes or like hospitals, like a lot of like um like angel of death type people will like justify it by saying like yeah. oh it was it was a mercy killing yeah and like yeah there was I forget which case it was there was like a a similar case where like the defense attorney was making the argument that like your honor my client what my client did wasn't murder he was just hastening the inevitable. Um, and the judge was like, get the fuck out of here. The judge's response was like, you know, that's what all murder does, right? That is the thing about murder. Um, yeah, not to bring it down, listeners, but every episode, we like to remind you, we're all going to die one day. Um, so after Tansler's arrest, um, the authorities, um, first of all, I mean, Elena's body is examined by, um, like pathologists and coroners. Um, but then the authorities, and I can't figure out why other than like, you have like sort of like car wreck mentality. Like you have to see this and just cruelty also. Um, but they put Elena's corpse on public display in a funeral home. Um, and about 6,800 people, came in over the next few days to uh, view her body and what was done to it. Um, 
and it was later, soon after, reburied in Key West Cemetery in an unmarked grave. And that is the true story of Carl Tanzler. All right. Thank you much, Brian, uh, for sharing the true story. I do want to I do want to apologize to your listeners because when Brian was like, "Hey, do you want to do you want to come on and do a Halloween episode?" I was like, "Sure." What uh what topics are you kicking around? Uh hey, oh, Carl Tanzler, I know that story. I'll do that one cuz I don't have to do any research for it. That's We uh, had so many fun topics to choose God, from. God, it oh man, I, I regret give a- everything. Full disclosure, uh, early in the episode, actually before we recorded and early in the episode, uh, especially when you're giving those warnings, I thought I confused Carl Tanzler with Carl Panzram, and this is the lighter story <laughs> by a fair margin. <laughs> so, oh, no. uh, yeah, I will uh, not be Googling that guy later. Well, he's a serial killer. So... You know, fair oh, warning. I, I you're googling just, it right now, aren't you? I'm not reading it, but his hair is already alarming. Um, oh, oh, that's wild. No, absolutely not. No, yeah. do not want to know anything about that dude. Ugh, no. Um, he looks like a human, like shark. <laughs> yeah, no, he not he like was a cute shark, for street like sharks. a oh, okay. scary shark. <laughs> Like, dead inside, like, yeah, gonna yeah, take your arm off. Killer. Uh, uh, yeah. Early 1900s serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, listeners, anyway, the next Halloween episode is gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> I promise. And it will have, if I remember correctly, no grave robbing. That's a revisionist almost guarantee. <laughs> 95% sure no grave robin. One episode only. No grave robin. Yep. <laughs> and uh, then we'll be back to our series on what is it? Oh, British archaeology. Ah, shit. Okay. <laughs> so, I've I've got the alternate. Um, mm. And I feel like um... As as hor- as horrible as the story is, I'm, I'm going to kind of enjoy this one. Um, so, yes, Carl Tanzler was a creepy stalker who harassed a dying woman and her family. Um, they they kind of all hated him um, because he was, I mean, uh, not a normal, nice, warm like regular guy outside of the grave robbing and corpse raping. Like he was a weirdo and a creep all the way through. Um, but they felt they really had no choice, uh, but to accept his help. Um, because all of the other doctors that they took Elena to, um, basically just told them like, yep, it's TB. You're fucked. 
nothing we can do. Yeah. Um, so also it's the thirties, so they were probably smoking in the in, in the, the exam rooms. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. They were like handing out cigarettes as you came in. Um, the thing is, the the doctors were wrong. Um, she did not have TB. Um, she definitely like probably had asthma. Um, and definitely suffered from, like, a series of, like, really severe respiratory illnesses. Um, but not TB. Um, there was the, there was, the, like, a case of pneumonia, um, so bad that she actually fell into a coma. Um, and they thought she was dead. So they had her buried. Her family had her buried, um, in, in this mausoleum, um, that, you know, Carl Tanzler offered to like pay for it all. Um, and they, Oh, good. I, I'm glad you're doing like, like that somehow like a more enjoyable version involves being buried alive which is like she's at least not underground yeah in mausoleums you're just like in a it's just like a house it's like a little house for your for your corpse like it's a it's cozy okay they put a fern in there with her she's fine Okay, yeah, mausoleum, the original tiny home, I guess. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they those put a tiny little, house. those little sand gardens in there. It was nice. <laughs> yeah. There's a chia pet that looked like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ross, the painter. Bob Ross. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought, you were gonna, I thought you meant Ross from Friends until you said the painter. Which I'm like, that's a wild chia pet, if you could choose any of them. That is not an image that I <laughs> of all the of all the images that this episode has. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's the, the one. That's the cherry that's on top. That's the one. That's, that's the cherry on top. That's, really, that will push you over the edge. It was the one that I wasn't the expecting. David Schwimmer chair. Yeah. Yes, it okay. was the one I wasn't expecting. That's true. That a, that a big mouth Billy Bass that's saying the Friends theme. It's just a big Friends <laughs> vibe. <laughs> This one goes out to the all of my coworkers. <laughs> We're very into friends. Um, so yeah, so Carl Tanzler offers to uh, pay for the mausoleum, and her family is like, "Well, it's the least you could do after fucking basically harassing her to death." Um, sure, you know, thanks. I guess we're grieving. Leave us alone. Um, he definitely kept a key to the tomb um and a few days after elena was was laid to rest uh he went to quote unquote visit her aka assault her fucking corpse um luckily um she woke up like mid-assault was very confused for a second um but managed to uh defend herself um aka she killed him she fucking killed him guys uh elena rose rose from the dead and uh and murdered carl tanzler like he deserved um 
so upon upon a search of of Tansler's body, you know, she's he's kind of laying on the floor in a, in a crumpled heap. Um, oh, she's looting him. <laughs> well, she's she's kind of going off instinct here. Torch, yes, wolf pelt, yeah. yeah. They've they've got like some like cozy decor in there. No lights, so she needs the torch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cast mage light. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. I'm not here to. She's look. She's not a mage. Okay. She yeah. keeps on setting off the big mouth Billy Bass <laughs> in the dark. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Um. She finds she finds two important things um on his body. One is the key to the crypt. Um, and the second is uh Carl Tanzler's diary. Oh, how embarrassing! I know, right? It's this got is... it's got one of those like cheap little yeah, locks on like, it, you know. Uh... Um. But she she's able to jimmy that open. This this sounds like this sounds like when you kill a boss in a video game and you get the little screen that's like items on the corpse. It's like <laughs> key to the crypt, Carl's diary. <laughs> Chainmail. Yeah. And at some point she becomes of the holding. Elden Lord. Yeah. And the chainmail, yeah, the chain, the 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 Tansler armor, of course, yeah, yeah. the Tansler set, yeah. <laughs> Just walking around the Vogue office, being like, "Oh, is that the Tansler set?" <laughs> it's it the is. best armor in the game. <laughs> Very high fire resist. <laughs> also your coworkers are so fucking jealous. <laughs> so in in his diary, she she reads his diary and uh he in in his diary he has recorded this this sick deluded fantasy of uh stealing Elena's corpse and uh quote unquote marrying it. Um, upon reading this, our hero Elena vomited all over Carl Tanzler's corpse. <laughs> of course, she'd been in a coma for a few days, so it was really just all like stomach acid and like bile. It was super gross. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, because it was fine. It wasn't oh, yeah. gross before. No, no, it was even grosser. Um, and then she just left his soiled body in the tomb and uh, locked it in. Um. So she's very badly shaken at this point. Um, she she finds her way home. It's the middle of the night. Um, she returns to her family, um, and uh, you know she she did have to prove that she wasn't a vampire. But once they, you know, <laughs> yeah, once they fed her some garlic, once and they fed her some garlic and sprinkled and... her with holy water and all that stuff, and she got bored of counting rice, exactly. Um, you know, they eventually dropped the crucifixes, um, and they were overjoyed to see her. Um, they were they were so happy and so relieved. Um, once once they sort of got over their their shock and their elation um, at having their their daughter back. Um, Elena's mother quickly moved into uh, crisis management um, and cleanup mode. 
um, she helped Elena um, move Tansler's body uh, back uh, to his house. So she's Harvey Keitel from Pulp Fiction at yes. this point. Yeah. She's okay. like, look, I'm sorry your dress has vomit on it. We got to burn it. I know it's your favorite one. That's why we buried you in it. I'll buy you a new one. Like, we're not going to jail on this. Um, so they took Tansler's body back to his house. They staged the scene to look like a suicide. Um, they just basically threw some bottles of rat poison around, like put, <laughs> put a couple in his pockets, emptied one out, um, put it, put an empty one in his hand. Um, the, uh, bile and vomit spewed all over Tansler's face, um, actually fit right in. Um, it kind of looked like he just drank a bunch of rat poison and then, like, started vomiting sure. as he died. Well, and also, um, no, no one's gonna get close enough to that because it's totally grody. Yeah, it's super gross. They weren't really, like, into forensics in those days. <laughs> CSI hadn't started yet. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they were like, look, no one's gonna know the difference. Um, so they they kept the diary, though, um, but they hid it inside the wall of um, Tansler's house um, because it was... They, they were afraid they might need it if they were found out. Um, but... It was such a disturbing narrative that they didn't want to keep it in their own home. Um, so they they put it, um, they hid it in the wall of, of Tansler's house. Um, it was actually rediscovered by workmen in the early 60s, um, which is how we know about it. Um, as for Elena, um, she... You know, after after the the heat died down uh, around Carl's death, she she still felt like she needed a bit more closure. Um, so after Tansler's funeral, um, she stole his body, uh, strapped it to a rocket, and launched it into the fucking sun. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I'm picturing her like watching that very much in Looney Tunes style, where mm -hmm. it's just like, yep, just that little arc, and just yep. <laughs> just waving a handkerchief bye motherfucker <laughs> uh Jen thank you you're welcome uh listeners before we move on to judgment phase uh just want to say that hey uh did you know that if you write a review for this podcast on your podcast service of choice we'd really appreciate it and it would help us out like a lot like it helps us move move up the old algorithm, uh, the Al Gore rhythm, um, which, mm. um, which was the only rap that Tipper Gore supported in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> yep, <laughs> got it. <laughs> I dug us a hole, and Zach dug, and Zach pulled us out. Um, um, anyway, but if you leave a five star re written review, uh, write whatever you want. Um, Right, just the methods you're using to scrub the story of Carl Tanzler from your mind. Um, tell us your ideal chia pet. Yeah, tell tell us your ideal chia pet and your nightmare chia pet, um, and then we'll we'll get merch going, I guess. Um, and but yeah, that helps us get more butts in the seats. Uh, you can also uh, ask us a question, leave us a comment. At revisionistpodcast.com, just click on the contact form, or reach out via Instagram or 
Twitter if Elon Musk doesn't buy it. Um, He's being, like, investigated over that deal now. Oh, yeah. I'm... I'm, yeah, it seems like he's being pretty. I think he's gonna buy it, and he doesn't want to, but he's gonna have oh, to. Okay, sorry, you froze for a second there. Um, oh, I think he's gonna buy it. I don't think he wants to, but I think he's gonna have to. Yeah, which is honestly most people's relationship with Twitter. Um, at, I feel like at this point, no. not mine, baby. Yeah. I'm not on Twitter. Booyah. Um, I am. Um, I get to read people's dumb thoughts about why they think Stalin is good and the Iran protests are bad. Um, because... (laughs) They're misogynists who don't know history? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway. um, Sorry, I figured I would just... Yeah. No, fair. Just make it easy. Um, you can also support us via Patreon uh, for as little as a dollar a month uh, and buy your right to vote on episode outcomes. Um, I don't, Zach, you co-host the Movie Trap podcast. Uh, that's true. It's a movie podcast, as many podcasts are. <laughs> um... Uh, this one's, uh, different because it's hosted by three white guys. Um, and, uh, we basically have a theme that, uh, we pick. Everybody chooses, puts forward a movie at the end of the three episode round. We vote on who had the best movie and that winner gets to pick the next theme. We're doing our Halloween season right now. We're talking about movies that take place on or near Halloween, the actual day in the Gregorian year. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, we talked about technically October Sky, for instance, would qualify for this theme. Like, we we agreed. Like, yeah, I mean, that works. That counts. So, <laughs> so far, we have picked spooky movies, but, uh, you know. Who knows? Our third, our third host might might throw a monkey wrench in there and pick pick something that just happens to take place around in October and has nothing to do with Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Sorry, Zach, you froze up a, a couple times in there, so sorry if we're a little off. Um. Yeah. No, that's right. Um, listeners, as for just uh, let it be said, I had at least one banger joke. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um Jen, did you wanna uh plug? yeah, yeah, I'll I'll plug a couple of things. Um I will plug um giving money to Emily's list, uh mm-hmm. which is an organization that um supports um pro choice Democrat women who are running for office. Um, no men, no Republicans, no fucking anti-choice candidates, which is also who you should be fucking voting for, by the way. Uh, vote for, uh, pro-choice women, uh, and Democrats, uh, next month, or, um, honestly, jump off a cliff. Um, 
sorry, did you want to plug anything else? Yeah. Um, or was it just jumping off a cliff was your other plug? Yeah, no, jumping off a cliff was my yeah. other plug. Those those are your two choices, guys. This episode brought to you by Big Cliff. Um, <laughs> Big Cliff Industry. Um, I'll second that. I also donate to Annalise List. Um, they're great. Um, and yeah. Nope, I lost it. Okay. I just, I don't want my daughter growing up with um, fewer rights than I had growing up. Um, There were times that I really needed um, dependable uh, reproductive health services. And we know a lot of people, um, many of our friends and family, um, who have also um, really needed, you know, science and medicine-based uh, reproductive care um, and everyone deserves it mm-hmm. and yeah um, you made this Mexico fix it <laughs> so that brings us to judgment which falls to Zach this time uh, yeah um, uh, you know I'm uh, uh, not a, not a, not above a good uh, uh, revenge story. I've I've watched a few Park Chan Wook movies in my time. I've seen Old Boy, Sympathy <laughs> for Lady Vengeance, at set at all. Um, so yeah, I I I I can uh, I could dig uh, just an old fashioned little 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 revenge spin. Um, uh, 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 and obviously the original story is, uh, you know, weird and upsetting and, uh, you know, like, uh, sort of like a weird, like, Ed Gein sort of like little, you know, uh, 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 horror story. So might as well, uh, go with the, the, the more, the more fun, um, uh, sort of revenge uh, or even, uh, you know, s- revenge slash pre-revenge tale uh, that we that we got. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, listeners, voting is now open on Patreon. Um, and check out our Instagram story next Wednesday um, for the final round of voting. Uh, but that will do it for this episode. Jen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, of course, I had a great time yeah. listening to this <laughs> the, the horrible, horrible tale. <laughs> and it's about bedtime. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, at least it wasn't Carl Pan's. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that's our new motto. At least it wasn't Carl Pan's. Right. Um, Zach, thank you as always. Yep. Thank you. Uh, for everyone here at the Revisionists, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm uh, the the shack the the shack thing I said at the beginning. Yeah. Spooky. <laughs> I'm so. Bone in Flynn. Um, <laughs> boneless Flynn. There we go. Boneless bone Flynn. In, bone in. Bone in sounds like a pork chop. So. <laughs> yeah. Pork chop Flynn. Yeah, I can get behind that. I'm a Jen E. Kruger. Okay. okay. Told you I had a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, have a spooky time. Spooky. Hey, spooky, yeah. Enjoy our the sound effects in our outro. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we used to have to do the sound effects manually, but then last year I made this outro that has the sound effects built in. So, yep. One less thing we have to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> October 15, 1863, the H.L. Hunley, the first submarine to sink a ship, kills its inventor when it itself sinks. The Hunley's a Confederate ship, so this actually rules. October 15, 1888, police in London received the infamous From Hell letter, allegedly sent by Jack the Ripper, back when you could mail something all the way from hell with just one stamp. So fucking stupid. October 15, 1878, the Edison Electric Light Company begins operation. Its slogan, Light for People Who Fucking Hate Elephants. And last one. October 15th, 1939. New York Municipal Airport is officially dedicated. It's later renamed LaGuardia, which is Italian for bad airport. I, I have actually five, because there's a lot this week, I feel like. Mm-hmm. October 15th, 1793, Marie Antoinette is tried and convicted of treason, but more accurately, of being a woman with little control of even her own life that was easy to blame. October 15th, 1888, the From Hell letter is allegedly sent by Jack the Ripper to investigators, completely overshadowing the From Purgatory letter from Jack the Backhanded Complimenter. <laughs> October 15th, 1917, Dutch dancer Matahari is executed by France for espionage, but more accurately, for being a woman with little control of even her own life that was easy to blame. <laughs> October 15th, 1939, New York Municipal Airport, later called LaGuardia Airport, is dedicated by the ceremonial passenger getting hammered at the Shake Shack and pissing in a corner. October 15th, 1966, the Black Panther Party is created by Huey P. Newton and Bobby Seale. J. Edgar Hoover is hospitalized for an erection lasting more than four hours. 